On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Performance Anxiety. This week's guest is singer, songwriter, and all-around creative person, Raquel Bell. We talk about how she got started in music, her eclectic new album, Swandala, and a whole lot of other things, because this conversation went to a lot of lot of different places. She really kept me on my toes this week. And don't forget to give us a good rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or any other podcast platform that you listen to. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PerformanceANX for both platforms. And check us out on Facebook. Please enjoy this week's Performance Anxiety with Raquel Bell. Raquel Bell talking about my record Swan Dalla that came out this summer here on Performance Anxiety with Mark Shea. Hope you enjoy it. Radical. I just finished a podcast myself, so I know what you mean. Oh, really? Oh, cool. Uh, you, your own? Um, or some, you yeah. being <laughs> uh, Well, no, I, I got a grant um, to create a podcast. How do you do that? Um, well, <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell me because I got to get some money from this thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you know, I thought it was like an idea to incorporate a bunch of musicians and artists in something and pay them. Oh, uh, nice. It wasn't actually my idea. I kind of got roped into it from a friend and he uh, he got me to do the grant process and then I got it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So I had to create content. But, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it was trickier though, because it was a lot of live. I mean, it was live recorded, but then I was creating some crazy. It, it's a long story. <laughs> well, we can, anyway, you know, yeah, we can it, revisit we can that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, can you see me? No, I can't. Uh, you can feel free to put the video on because that actually makes it a little easier for me so we don't talk it's over better? each other. Okay, hold on. I'm not a Skype user, so <laughs> I have to see if I. There you go. Hey! Hey. Yeah, so you can kind of see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people don't like the video. Uh, Oh, I don't care. It just can. It just gets distracting because I I wonder if I can hide myself. (laughs) I've I've never tried that. I know. I I I was just gonna sit here and and then draw a picture, and then I realized, like, wait a second, can you see me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, and. So sometimes I'll ask. It's like, hey, you know, how's it come through? Oh, I can't see it. Oh, that's okay. You don't need to see me. Okay. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's 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 probably like it's probably better for you to see me, but probably better for me not for you to see. Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is oh, better. It's fine. It's fine. I just have to get comfortable. Yeah. Do what you got to okay. do. So let's let's uh, let's start wait at the beginning, I guess. Um, you were born in um, Humboldt County, California. That's right. All right. So I'm doing some research. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> you know. So either people know exactly what you're talking about when you say that, or they have no idea what you're talking about, and uh, it's a mystery. Where Where <laughs> is Humboldt County? For those of us, I'm not going to say which one I am. For those of us who don't know. 
I know what you are. Yeah. Uh, I know which one you are. Um, where in Humboldt County? It is the very top of California. It is the second to last county before I'm trying to get a good situation here. There. Um, it is the final to last county before you get to Oregon, okay. which is the state under Washington, which is under Canada. Some <laughs> people don't understand the order when you get to the Pacific Northwest. So That's Humboldt true. County, people from Humboldt County refer to it as Humboldt County versus like, I come from this town because it's very rural. Okay. So you go to school maybe in one town, but you're, you live in another. Okay. And like, we lived on a dirt road in the woods. So there was no town. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's why people say I'm from Humboldt County because the county is more the home, particular city. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I I grew up uh, between Virginia and New Jersey, and uh, hey, yeah. And when I was in New Jersey, the town I lived in, we didn't have a high school, so they had to bus us out like two towns. It's funny. Our bus went right past one high school to go to a whole other town beyond it to go to high school. Okay. So I don't. Yeah. So I kind of know what you're talking about about having to go to different places for school and. Yeah. So. And where are you now? Right now, I'm back in Virginia. I live about okay. 90 miles west of D.C. in Winchester. Okay, you're back east. Yep, uh, home of Patsy Cline. Home of Patsy Cline. Yeah. She was pretty uh, sharp. Yeah, she was awesome. She had some hits. She had a couple, yeah. I have a hypothesis about Patsy Cline. I would love to hear it. I don't know if this is T.C. to say on your show or not, but I think she was black. Really? I saw some old pictures of her, African-American. <laughs> Maybe, you know, just partly but, like, I think that she hid it because back then people were so racist. That, I've never heard that hypothesis before. I never have heard it either. But I saw some pictures and I was <laughs> like, that woman is not all white. For sure. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, I'm, you could be right. I mean, she had a hell of a voice. A hell of a voice. She, she had a B voice. She was, oh, man. She was fantastic. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, died way, way too young. Oh gosh! Don't ever. So if don't ever get on a plane, then just you know, drive I, to all your shows. Mamba ruined my life. Oh gosh, that I love plane that movie. crash. I know. And Waylon Jennings was supposed to get on that plane. Yep. You want? Oh, okay. So I'll, I'll tell you a, a neat story. Um, a guy I know is is a head of a marketing of uh, a PR firm. Okay. And he's. Um, this guy's amazing. His name is Rick, and he's one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Okay. He's he's the head of a PR firm out of North Carolina. He yeah. owns he's a part owner of a minor league baseball team in Daytona Beach, Florida, and okay. he's he's on a board of trustees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Okay. And right now he's working on doing a movie about Buddy Holly and that whole night. Yeah. So, okay. So that's that's dark. Yeah. Yeah, that it's so I'm going to try to have him on this show to talk about the movie. And, and uh, I mean, he's not going to give anything away. He's he's a pretty tight lipped guy when it comes. To I know that. what happened. You <laughs> don't don't tell me the ending. Don't tell me the ending. No. <laughs> All right. So you, you're born in Humboldt County. Were you uh, was your family musical? Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad was the child of Russian Jewish immigrants. OK. In Canada. Okay. I'm wearing my Canada shirt right I now. I see that. It's one of my favorites. A lot of people have seen it. <laughs> so my uh, my dad, his family was musical 
Um, his uncle was a violinist. A lot of music. My mom's family, they love to sing. They were hillbillies from Arkansas. Oh, yeah? From Ozarks. Yeah, they all harmonized. Oh, and I was like, those freaks. I, get, <laughs> I, bet, I, I bet I could do that. <laughs> so so yeah. I would try to harmonize. And then it was like, oh, wow, there's really something to this. So, yeah, I started playing music when I was three. Just singing or did you pick up an instrument? No, I played violin. Oh, okay. okay. And yeah. So you, did you, that's something you just picked up and taught yourself, or did you take lessons? Or? No, my dad picked it out for me because his uncle was a violinist. Oh. You know, there were, it's like a different tradition. You know, in Russia, it's like they teach their kids everything, like music. It's really important. They're all incredible. Oh, that's uh, okay. See, it's different, you know. I can play yeah. a... I can play a little guitar, but I would never attempt to teach my kids anything like that. So that's yeah, that's yeah. why I, I asked. Lessons, and then I took piano lessons, and um, I I loved it. And how long were you recording out there? I know you eventually moved out to New York. How long? Yeah, I, I left home. I went away to school. I went to school in New Mexico, in Santa Fe. Okay. Uh, to a college that's now closed. Oh. It, it was cool. It was uh, it was a weird school. It was a Christian Brothers uh, campus. Like uh, there were like monks. Oh wow! And it was built on a World War II like internment camp, like Japanese internment. Oh my! And it was like our cafeteria was in a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> we went to school in barracks. Oh And it's my like gosh. surprise, surprise, the co- the college closed. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> studied there and then I moved to New York for about 12 years what what, precipi- what precipitated the move to New York well having come from California I was more curious about the East Coast okay and that's all it was you- yeah no no I, I just wanted to uh, I, I thought it was uh, fascinating that you could move there and not have to drive <laughs> well you, you could have done that in LA you- not drive yeah, you, you, well, you get on the highway and you get stuck. You don't go anywhere. It's true. The traffic in L.A., man, don't move here. Oh, God. It's, it's... Whatever you do, don't come to L.A. Oh, I, it's just I, so much traffic. We don't need any more cars on the road. <laughs> I got a couple of friends of mine to do another podcast with out in L.A., and, yeah, that's one thing they complain about constantly. So Yeah, people should probably stop moving to L.A. All right. Until, they, until Elon builds his tunnel. Well, that's right. He's got to start... You know, he's got to get out of trouble first, and then he can start... Why is he in trouble today? What happened? I saw some headlines where he he seems to have pissed everybody off. Yeah, he... he the whole world. I, only, I heard one blurb about it, and all I know is that he made some comments about taking his company private before uh-huh. talking to, uh, I guess, some shareholders about it, about final... Yeah final stock prices and all, and he told somebody what the final stock prices were going to be before any of that was discussed. And so it's, yeah, yep. he was taught his, he had loose lips. Yeah. Yeah. we all know what those do. So, yeah. All right. Well, what so, do you think about Elon Musk? <laughs> I think, I know you watched the podcast. Uh, I think, no, actually I didn't. I didn't. I, I actually have a day job and, um, most, most of my day job is either actually doing my work or doing prep for my for my show, so okay, I missed the I missed the Rogan show, so 
I know what happened, but I, I didn't get a chance to, to hear it or see okay. it, unfortunately. All right. Well, you have to you have to do your podcast homework. Exactly. Well, I'm trying so to do... you know what everyone's talking about. I, I, I need to listen to everybody's podcast every single yeah, day. Yeah, including mine, the one I just finished. <laughs> well, which you can tell me about in, in, in about two seconds. Um, okay. So you were in L- uh, New York, yeah. and you were creating music and... Uh, art in new york yeah so were you releasing yeah. albums at that point uh i did a lot of different things over the 12 years i was there but um mostly experimenting i had I, when i got there i was um i was a singer you know i was um i was going out on auditions and i ended up performing with some really interesting people you know who harry parch is no I, i'm it's not ringing the bell okay Harry Parch, for you and your listeners, is the grandfather of microtonal music in the U.S. Okay, okay, I'm familiar with he, that. He built his own instruments and wrote his own musical system. Um, so, you know, we have 12 tones mm-hmm. in our scale, and, and with it, his had over 40. Oh, jeez. In the same amount, so these microtones. So the first, when I walked into that audition, they said, you know, do you have perfect pitch? And I said, no, I'm afraid I don't. And they said, good, because you can't sing this music if you do. Oh, wow. Because you're singing on fish. It's really tricky. Oh, so you God. have to train your ear, and, you know, it's, it's incredible. But the, the, the instruments were in, in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, okay. and, in an institute for him. So I was involved with some really interesting music when I first got to New York. Um, I was super lucky um, to have those opportunities. And then I... Um, started working on my own music, which is something I didn't do. I didn't play in bands when I was young. I didn't really know about it because I grew up on a dirt road in the Redwoods. <laughs> there was really, there, there, there just wasn't anything. We didn't have, like, on, on the East Coast, you have that Appalachian culture and the fiddles and the bluegrass and all that. We didn't have that. So anyway, wow. uh, I didn't really think about how, how to have a band or anything until one day it just hit me that was what I was supposed to do. So I started writing music and experimenting with electronics. And okay. it, um, it just took me a long time because I, I started late. I wasn't, I think I was 26 before I started doing my own music and making bands. Okay. Yeah. So it was, it was later in life. But then it was just, you know, playing in bands, lots of bands, lots of tours, lots of recording, <laughs> uh, lots of meeting people, a lot of going to shows, got to do all that stuff. Well, it's, yeah, a lot of a lot of networking and and meeting the right people and finding somebody to help you out along the way. Like, well, nobody helps you out. No, no, nobody, nobody helps you out. Um, you got to be tough. You know, you got to help yourself out, and uh, you can't expect anything. Just keep working real hard, and and also, I'm I think I'm a philosopher as well as an artist. So you know, like, have you ever heard of the term sellout? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's real. It's a real thing in uh, every every interest industry. You know, you don't want to be a. I didn't want to be a sellout. I was from Humboldt County, and like, if we didn't like something that was going on, we everyone participated. You know, it was like a real community. Yeah, people got together and um, protected the forests if they needed to. You know. Um, there was this lady named Julia Butterfly who got really famous because she climbed a redwood tree and she was real sexy. And 
she just stayed up there for like years and people would bring her food and whatever I, else they would do up there. Like, I it was think a I've, big deal. I think I've actually heard of that. Yeah, she was, yeah, she made headlines because she was foxy, you know, she yeah. was up in that tree. <laughs> <laughs> so like, that's the kind of like childhood I had was, um, you know, you're supposed to be an activist in some way, you know, not necessarily like her in a tree, but when I moved to New York, like I, I didn't, I saw like most people wanted to be a sellout. I didn't really understand it at the time, but I knew I wanted to do something different. And yeah. I think that's kind of like the problem if you happen to be born on the earth as an artist, is that you have to do that. <laughs> so, and so in New York, you were completely out of your element then. Totally. Oh, so, oh yeah. But I loved it. I love being out of my element. So, so you, you kind of thrive on that uncomfortable feeling in there that you had. You know, I also surfed when I was a kid. You know, I was a surfer. And okay. there were great white sharks in the water. You know, there's, like, the danger, it's important. You know, I think danger is an important aspect of being alive. And, and <laughs> if, you know, it's too safe, if your day is too safe, maybe you're not trying hard enough. Okay, you know, that's that's a good point. That I, I know, actually... Why do predators keep us physically fit? Yeah, I mean, you, look, if if you get that adrenaline, you, you, you're going to live much longer or a lot shorter. Or a lot shorter, exactly. But you're going to have fun. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, either way. Or scream a lot. Yeah. <laughs> or do a podcast. So tell me about this podcast that you've been doing. And uh, then we'll, we'll get back into your career. Yeah, yeah. the, the podcast was forced upon me. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't even like podcasts. <laughs> no offense, Mark. That's okay. I grown to like them oh good through the process of having done it produce one myself so the idea okay the name of the podcast is is this a horse or an arc i think that's right I, I, that. i'm trying to think have i seen that have you, have it, you? It, no it hasn't come out yet okay I, then i saw something i saw one come, it, is this a horse or something like that but so it was Okay, so it was a little similar in name. What is it about? So uh, back in Austin, I have a band called Gange Island. Okay. Okay? All right. <laughs> got it? I got it. Okay, so I have a band named Gange Island, and I play in that band with Lisa Cameron, who is all-time fave drummers, right? Used to drum with Rocky Erickson, like serious drummer. That dude's Two amazing. Two of us have totally amazing. So another Austin, you know, superstar. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Lisa and I had this duo and, um, the, 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 the philosophy, again, philosophy behind the music <laughs> is that you build a bridge, you take the bridge to a chair. And if you, and if you can sit on the chair, you can get to Gange Island where you just reach out your hand and weed will fall in it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a magical place. So this is a flexible philosophy, not always the case, but for the podcast, this was the case. And we hired a bunch of people to come to the studio, which was my house in Austin. And um, we recorded them looking, well, look, looking for the truth, looking for answers. Okay. I don't want to give it away because it hasn't come out yet, but um, right. it's part of a larger podcast series that's coming out. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know how much I should talk about it. Okay. Let, let me ask you uh, one or two vague questions about it, if that's okay. Sure. Sure, yeah. 
So are you are you you're interviewing people? Are they people that we would know? Okay, some of them you would know are okay. like well known musicians or not or obscure musicians, okay. just artists. So they came in, they were shown animals, pictures of animals, and they were asked to try and decipher what the animal was trying to say because they were trapped on this boat. Okay. And we needed to know if they were legit or if they had maybe ulterior motives. All right. I'm now I'm really interested in this. I've got to yeah. I got to I got to check this out when it comes out. Yeah. I'll you, put a link on my website. Yeah, please do. Is there, is there a prospective release date? Uh I think it's going to be in the next couple of weeks. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so I'll, I'll still actually remember it by then. That's yeah, you hopefully will remember it, and um, yeah, hopefully people will continue to check on my website because I'm always up to something. Usually, no good. All right, so you were in New York for 12 years, making almost, yeah. almost 12 years, making music, meeting people, uh, meeting a bunch of sellouts, uh, fending for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And myself. creating all kinds of art, and then you moved to Austin. Yeah. Well, no, I didn't actually. I didn't oops, turn off my phone over here. Um, I didn't move to Austin. I moved to Golson. Okay. Which, which was outside of Waco. Oh, okay. Okay. So Golson. So what was the impetus for that? It was so far away from New York. And that you just you just wanted to get out. I wanted to get out. I wanted. It wasn't that I wanted to get out. I love New York. Um, I wanted to see something different and I, and I wanted to get, I wanted to get into a different scenario so that I could get inspired in new ways. I'd been in New York a long time and you can Mm -hmm. see so much there, obviously, but after a while it was kind of seeming to be the same. And, uh, uh, I longed for something different. So I moved to the middle of nowhere and it was a town of about 300 on the Brazos river. Well, I'd say that's middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, how did you pick Golson over, you know, going back to Humboldt County? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted the middle of nowhere. Oh. Well, I, I mean, it was a different culture. It was like going to France. It was like uh, there were a lot of white supremacists. There were a lot the- of, uh, uh, you know, honky tonks. It was honky tonk okay. music. It was. Rural Texas is not like rural California, although there are a lot of similarities. So you sold your apartment in New York, moved, mm-hmm. moved there, and created a whole new album. How long did it take you to to start writing and creating the, the music that came on that, that came to be your new album, Swandala? like 50,000 years of writing. <laughs> At least quite some writing. 49,000 years. <laughs> All right, give or give or take a thousand. Give or take a thousand. It was so much time. Um, because I write a lot of music. Okay. And I I was it was difficult to choose what to put out, what to release. Yeah. I've been in a lot of bands and that's easier because you have other people's opinions sculpting the result you know you have a sound but i don't have a sound i compose music 
in all kinds of ways. Um, I sing, I play different instruments, play all kinds of different music. So how to create something that was actually like a body of work took me a while to figure out how I could even do that at all. Well, the sounds on the album are so wide ranging. It's amazing. I mean, you've got country, you've got rock, you've got funk, you've got a little soul, R&B. It's just, you, yeah. you hit everything. And it, but it, it's, it's very cohesive. So yeah, it, how did that, that happen? I don't know. That's why I was going to ask you that. I thought you could tell me. Oh that. gosh. Maybe no, I, I, that is a mystery, but, but how it, I, okay. So instead of focusing on what, on how it was different, I made it more about the story of that period of my life. So in art or anything, in music, in art, anything I'm writing about, I always am looking for some for answers to something I don't know. I'm not trying to say, I know all this stuff, so you should know it too. Right. <laughs> it's like, you know, that would be interesting. This is more like, I I have this idea, but I don't really understand it or know about it. I'm going to explore it in this medium, whether it's painting or a song. And, um, and also I do a lot of channeling. So I'll just kind of like get in a zone. Okay. And this really helps when I moved out of, out of uh, New York, cause I'm living in this trailer on a, on a river that is so intense. Um, the surroundings are so weird that like the insects are gigantic. Like, the bugs are so big and so loud and terrifying, and the spiders are just, like, like the size of cats. Yeah. You know, it's just, like, this other environment. Snakes everywhere, like, big, kill-you snakes. Yes. Water moccasins everywhere, you know, rattlesnakes. Um, I know. I lived in uh, South Alabama for eight years. I know exactly what you're talking about. Snake land. Yes. (laughs) So... The, the environment was cool, and I could sit there in the trailer at night and just play. I turned the whole thing into my recording studio. Oh, cool. I was making demos, and I would sit in there, and if I stumbled on something interesting, I could really explore it, and I would be alone for hours and hours. And, uh, you know, it's really different. In New York, you get a rehearsal studio. You go in there. You don't have a lot of time. Everybody's rushing around and expensive. And it changes the music. So the reason the record is so good, in my opinion, is because I left in, in order to do it, basically. I went out there and made time to just uh, patiently sculpt away, add a bunch of different sounds and ideas. And uh, fortunately, I have some really talented musician friends in Austin and beyond who uh, made it incredible. I can't take credit for that. Like, <laughs> people who played on this record are so, so talented. So how did you pick the people to play on the record? Well, while I was living out in Golson for a couple of years, I was scouting. So I was so. playing shows in Austin a lot and I'd go down there and if I was on the bill with somebody who was amazing, I would, you know, keep in touch um, or after I was traveling and I saw a band, if I saw somebody I liked, I just waited until I had all the players lined up. Okay. And then I studio and began working on it. Now you said you had written a lot of stuff for this. I noticed in doing a little research that one of the songs you had released prior. Uh-huh. Um, and let me make sure I get the, the right one. It was... 
Oh, uh, growing in your mouth. Presence of these words, they make me weep. I've swept the sides even. Growing in your mouth. Okay, so there is a, a song on the on Swandala, the latest album called "It's Growing in Your Mouth." I wrote that song twice. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> but they're two different songs. So oh, <laughs> they're not the same song. Really? Okay. If you go back and watch the video, which is on my website for the first version. I'm sitting on a diving board over a swimming pool. That song is actually different, even though it has the same name. Man. And that... I had no control over that. So <laughs> the song, I don't write the music. The music wants to, you know, come to life, and I just let it, you know, and it wanted to have the same name as that other song, so I said, okay. Hey, like, what do I get to do? Kind of like fraternal twins. Not Yeah, fraternal, not identical. Right, exactly. Kind of creepy if you named your fraternal twins the same thing yeah well like you know george foreman or uh george foreman and <laughs> and that other a athlete who did that too i i can't remember who did it uh, yeah anyway so, so do you have any other questions about that song um it's a weird one it we is rec we recorded that one all right so i think i said i alluded to this earlier it's like i like to experiment right i like I'm, to you're, I'm you're getting kidding. that, yeah. Okay, so I thought, you know, I wanted to try things with Swandala that I had never done on any other record for whatever reason. Okay. For instance, I wanted to bring in an orchestra. So I hired musicians that were super talented and we had actual orchestrated sections of the music. Oh, cool. Which you can hear in the first and the last track. It just sounds absolutely, you know, stacked yeah. with, with instruments. So that's, that was one thing I wanted to do. Um, and then with it's growing in your mouth, Jonathan Horn is the guitar player on the record. He's, um, just an extraordinarily gifted musician and delightful human being. Does so, he play throughout the whole album? Yeah. He plays on almost every track. Okay. I think. Yeah. It's not every track. Cause the guitar work in it is incredible. He's a superstar. So Jonathan, the superstar <laughs> and my neighbor, uh, in Austin, just, Loved the man so much. He um, had never heard the song. Okay. And we're in we're in the studio, and that was the idea, is that he wasn't going to get to hear it until we recorded it. He wasn't even going to get to hear it before we recorded it. I was just going to sing it, and he was going to play it. Oh, wow. And then we were going to capture that take, and that was it. And that if we is... got it, we got it. If we didn't, we did it. That's awesome. And it worked out. I mean, it, it it's great. Now, I'll tell you, my favorites on the album... Yeah, what are your favorites? My favorites. A Solo to Mars. Let's name the name. Wizard Liar and Vibration Carnation. Wait a second. That's like most of the records. I know. That's most of it. I know. I gotta ask you, is that on Swan? Is that a theremin that I hear? 
Oh, yeah. Blair Boberg. Oh. One of the greatest theremin players to have ever walked the face of the earth. That is it. You don't hear theremins anymore. I mean, He's so badass, dude. He rides up on his motorcycle with his theremin. What? <laughs> where, do you, where do you put yeah. it? That's not a small thing. He built a little thing for it. Um, he's got on his, like, crazy leather jacket, and he's kind of intimidating. <laughs> he used to play in this band. He was the front man of this notorious Austin band, and his whole um, suit jacket was made out of cutouts of porn. <laughs> 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 but, you know, get this scary motorcycle man on a theremin, and it's the most beautiful sense of music on the planet and he can like harmonize melodies improvised just it's kind of breathtaking to watch i saw him play with thor and friends and uh holy moly i'm so glad he played on the record i love that man did you get a chance to try the theremin yourself uh i've tried it sure yeah Uh, i'm i'm a drummer at heart I'm a singer, but I also like, I'm a dancer. I like to, I'm a, I like to move. Right. So the problem with the theremin is very still. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't suit you exactly. It would probably have, I would, I would have benefited greatly from having been a theremin player, but I I didn't. What if you could uh, uh, get a, like a strap and just hold the theremin while you're dancing and moving around? That would be some crazy art right there. Yeah, I wonder if that's been done. I'm going to say no. We could Google it. We should. And if you do it, I want some credit for it. I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so so the, album's, the album's out now. Yeah. And now you're in L.A.? Yeah. You alluded to that. So you had enough of Golson. And did you go straight from Golson to L.A.? I loved Golson. Um, I didn't have enough, but um, I I had to leave because it. I, I listen. I wish I was. <laughs> I, I, I want to. I want to be a country singer, but I'm too weird. My one of my good friends is named Kayla Ray. You should have her on your podcast. She's she. You probably won't understand anything she says because she's so country. <laughs> well, I'll let she's you. Of, I'll let you introduce us, and we can do that. Yeah, she's amazing. So she, we really loved each other as fellow, you know, artist, philosopher, musician. She's a country singer. <laughs> and so she would like put me, put me on a gig with her, you know, like a honky tonk. Oh, man. And people are just like, who is this alien? And where, and those silver <laughs> pants are way too tight for this stage. <laughs> the pink guitar, the whole thing. It was just like, I tried so hard, but people could tell that I was an outsider. Oh, man. So I knew I couldn't make it work, even though I thought it would have been great. You know, I'll just live out here and play music and whatever. I decided I had to join the scene again. You know, I left yeah. the scene. I, I had to join a scene. So I moved uh, to Austin. So you're doing a lot of... Okay, so you moved from Golson to Austin. Yeah. Okay. Which and... a few hours away. All right. And how long were you in Austin for? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay. And was that still part of, of creating Swandala or was that oh, after? Um, yeah. No, I moved down there. I lived in uh, Dylan Cameron's bedroom. Uh, 
Dylan Cameron is an incredible musician, uh, electronic musician, who happened to be Lisa Cameron, the drummer of Gangiland, um, and many other <laughs> bands. Son. So I lived in Lisa's son's old bedroom. And uh, I rented that room, and it was, it was it was far out because I felt like I was Lisa's child. <laughs> <laughs> was it still and decked out in all his stuff? Uh, his stuff was long gone okay. by then, but you know, I was in the back room of the house, and I was we were rehearsing back there too, rehearsing for the record. Lisa played bass on the record. Okay, Lisa's a drummer. Okay, here's another thing. I thought it would be funny if Lisa played bass. Okay. Because she's a drummer? She's, a drum. she's <laughs> not just a drummer. She's like the drummer. She's oh, like man. one of the greatest drummers. So what if she played bass? What would that be like? And so I had a different drummer to play, Adam Jones, and Lisa played bass. So we were rehearsing at her house, and uh, uh, it sounded great in that room. So yeah, we were working on the record. This is a very eccentric album. And it gets more so as I learn more about the creation of it. Yeah, it was expensive, too. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. I mean, eccentric can be expensive. Uh, I just had, I have a lot of ideas and I had a lot of ideas. And this was something I was just, I just didn't know what I could do if, like, I, I wasn't being told no. So that this is, this is what happens then. This is what happened. <laughs> then, let me ask you about the name, Swan Dollar. Where did that come from? Okay, well, great question. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, I love that orange shirt you're wearing, by the way. I thank you. Um, if I'd known that I was going to be visible to you while we were talking, I would have. No, I, I wouldn't have done anything different. Okay. But, well, I like the Canada I'll, shirt. I'll put on my orange hat for you. Oh man! All right, now we match. Kinda. Okay, now we match. So, <laughs> that is the so, best shot right there. Thank you. <laughs> I've got my headphones on and my orange hat. Okay, I, I look like one of the. I look like Snow White's ape dwarf. You look like. <laughs> You're not supposed to say dwarf, I don't think, but the movie still is called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Yeah, it's not Snow White and the Seven Little People. Not yet. Not yet. Not, but it doesn't roll, quite roll off the tongue either. We'll see. <laughs> He's gonna be like, "Oh, yeah. okay." So, uh, where were we? Oh, the name. The so, name. It was gonna be called a solo to Mars. Okay. Remember that song that you like? Kind of disco. I love that song. You do. I do. That's that's the 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 tempo change and everything. It's just, I absolutely love it. I think it's my favorite on the album. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, so that's good news. To me, because that was going to be the title track. Oh, cool. I love that track, but I felt like it really got away from me when we were recording it, and it turned into a song that was just so insane. I just was like, I can't call the album this anymore, <laughs> even though I love the song. Yeah. Okay. I love it. It's just like, I love that song. I just, it didn't represent the whole album anymore. Okay, that makes sense. In fact, I would say that that's kind of like the most frenzy of all the songs. Yeah, yeah, because it does have a, 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 it starts off really R&B kind of sounding almost, and then it just goes into that, that uh, quick tempo change, and it, it's much, it goes into a more, more driving. Yeah, beat. it's kind of like, like disco acid. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, actually, I love that. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's and, what uh, I should call my music from now on. 
Disco acid. I like that. You know, that that almost works with Wizard Liar too, which has totally. almost like a, yeah. That has almost like a desert rock psychedelic feel. I, I, I love that song. It's a great, I just love it. I love that song. That's my second favorite. Okay, good. All right. So, yeah, I could. I wasn't going to call the record Wizard Liar, although my new band does have a song called Lizard. Lizard Wire? Pretty much. Okay. Uh, okay, so, so, so fast forward. The, the record now is nameless. <laughs> <laughs> the record is nameless, is, is, is orphaned. And what to call it? Well, what happened after I recorded the record is I sat on it for a long time because I was I wanted to make all these uh, music videos for it. Okay. So then um, I bought this garage in Austin and we turned it into a studio, and we started we started filming in there. This wild stuff. We okay. started a production company called No Promises. And good, good name. Yeah, I started, well, it wasn't my idea. Megan McAtee is a a welder, an artist in Austin, and it was her idea. She was going to start a welding company called No Promises. (laughs) And and our friend Donna uh, Delore, who is a famous director, she decided it should be the name of our film company. And so, fine, great. I will generously offer up my songs from Swandala to be, you know, our first projects. So we started working on all these videos and learning how we work together. And basically what we do is like terrify as many people as possible. (laughs) (laughs) And if people can like hang in there, they get to be part of the filming. And, uh, it's pretty fun. It was pretty fun. We had a meeting one day and this, uh, uh, camera guy, cinematographer came to the meeting and he was the only one. And I was like, well, you know, maybe we give him a few more minutes to arrive. <laughs> and like a half hour went by. And he's like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Like, are you having a meeting or not? And I was like, well, sometimes this is how our meetings go. And, and he was, he just left. He was so angry. He never came to the shoot. Oh. Um, so that's the idea of no promises. It's like, if you got an idea, and you want it to happen, you'll, your idea will be incorporated. But you have to really, you know, you have to be self-motivated. Um, but what happened was we shot some of the coolest videos imaginable. Well, Just crazy shit went down. That, that, that explains some of the videos that I saw then. Okay. So, yeah. So, now, so, but, now, how did, how did the, uh, the, the name come about for uh, Swandala? How did you choose that? You know when you're all just hanging out and talking about the, you know, the shoot or whatever? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you... Like, you're just hanging out with your friends mm-hmm. and then something becomes something. Yeah. You know? The the shoot became Swandala. It, we started referring, it, referring to it as Swandala because we were going to make a video for the song Swan. Mm-hmm. And we were going to do a... Um, we were going to invite a bunch of people over and have them sign waivers 
an acid light, light show came and turned our house, my garage into a giant like light show. And then some art directors came over and built some sets. And wow. pretty soon we have this like circus. Jeez. Neighbors are coming over. Uh, you could, yeah, it was wild. And so it became a human mandala inside okay. of all these people who came over to this party and we were filming. <laughs> and so it became Swandala. Okay. That, that, yeah. that makes a little more sense now. All right. Yeah. And, it, and it, for me, it tied it all in. So the record was like my experience in New York, uh, you know, absorbing music, contemporary music and filtering it through my Texas trailer lens and then having to leave the beauty, uh, um, pastoral beauty of the Brazos river and all the beauty there. That's the song Swan. It was about how much I loved it there and how beautiful it was. And then moving to Austin to kind of try again in a new way, you know, like mm -hmm. I said, like if you want to be an artist, no one's going to be like, here you go. You're an artist. Yeah. <laughs> Keep doing it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to join the living again. And, and, uh, it'll be fun this time because I'm, I'm not like when I moved to New York, I was 23. Oh, wow. So I was really brave. I just tried everything. Yeah. Moving across you know? the country at, at that age by yourself. Yeah. 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 I was really brave. And, uh, so going to Austin, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have fun this time and it's going to be great. And it was. <laughs> and so now you're back in LA. Yeah. And the new, the album Swindle is out. And yeah. are you going to be, are you touring? Are you putting a, a touring band together? Or are you going to be doing some solo shows or how are you going to support the album? I have performed some of the songs um, live and they just sound exceptional. Um, I think I would, I would like to perform them with the musicians who recorded it. And in order to do that, I'll need some budget because I, I had a, I had Violin, theremin, vibraphones, you know, percussion, uh, clarinet, hand drum. Wow. I mean, it, in order to get like the full experience, I'd want the whole shebang. On the other hand, I could do it just me and some other uh, musicians, which I have, and it sounds phenomenal. But right now, I'm playing in a in a new band called Galextasy, and um, the music is so good. That if I do go out on the road, which I will, of course, it will most likely be with Galextasy or solo as Raquel Bell um, until I can, you know, really put that band back together. You can use uh, some of that sweet podcasting money. Yeah, man. Hand it over. <laughs> <laughs> share, share it. You got, you, I, whatever I've got in my podcast budget, half of it's yours. Yeah. I mean, you can't really feel sorry for yourself, though. That's the, that's the other side of not selling out. It's like, if you didn't sell out, you have to live with it. And that's okay, because most people on this planet don't have any money. It's like, yeah, it's true. Um, most people are struggling. Um, Texas is interesting, because, uh, not to get too crazy political, but um, they don't really take care of their own. Like, when I okay. lived in New York City, there was at least... Um, there was a real effort to take care of the less privileged yeah. in New York. There was a lot of social structure for that, a lot of housing and outreach. People in New York might be like, what are you talking about? But I'm telling you, compared to Texas, it's a good situation. In Texas, um, they just tried to get rid of the, the health insurance for the poor. 
and they're and it's really bad health insurance because I had it and um, they tried to get rid of it. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of uh, place it is. So you you actually really see what's going on in, in in terms of poverty in the country. So you know, it's it's important not to get too caught up with money. I think um, and just make it work. Like uh, I was recently on a podcast with uh, Mike Watt. You know him? Oh God, yeah. Mike Watts, one of the coolest people on the planet, and his philosophy is jam econo. Figure out how to do it cheap. Right. You know, be it, live the live the musician's life. Live on a dime. You know, make sure you pay attention to what matters and not not what doesn't matter. So, as somebody who has pretty much tried to do that in order to continue to keep making art, I was like. To see somebody as old as him and as cool and badass and amazing, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's right. That's just- Jamie Cano. <laughs> Jamie Cano. Jamie Cano. All right. That, that's, that's your philosophy. That, that's apparently most podcasters' philosophy, too, apparently. It, it's mine, and I didn't even know it. I don't know. You look pretty spiffy in that polo. Well, this is, you know, this is, uh, is kind of old. It's orange. I like it. I'm all about it. (laughs) Well, how can people help to support you in your Jam Econo philosophy? Where can they find your music and purchase your music? Oh, yeah. Go online. It's so easy to to support me. And also, like, go buy a record, like, once a week. They're so cheap online, you know. Instead of just streaming, like, ah, it just takes... Everybody knows how much energy it takes to like live a day, right? You come mm-hmm. home from your job and you're tired. Can you go ahead and like make an amazing record after you're that exhausted? It's like, no, no, you have to have energy to make good music. So you got to have some food on the table. <laughs> so go to my website. It is uh, RaquelBell.com. And there's links all over there to buy all sorts of music, not just Swandala, but Swandala's for sale. It's only $5.55. That's amazing. So that's Econo, and it's worth way more, but I really wanted people to have it because I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a good record. I love it. I've been listening to it for a couple days now since since I got it. It's fantastic. The uh, Like I said, my favorite songs are... are uh, Solo to Mars and Wizard Liar, but I, Wizard I, Liar. but I'll tell you what the uh, that the uh, who who gets to name the name or who na- yeah who that, gets to name the name that is a cool country sounding track. That, and that's the great thing about the record is that it just goes from genre to genre. You even make up a couple of your own, I think. Cause yeah. It, it's, it's, disco acid. Yeah, disco acid. It's just, it's really, an ex- listening to it is really an experience because you, and, and you, you go through so many different places in it. And it's, it's one of my favorites right now. It's, I'm really enjoying it. So thank you. I'm- so glad. I'm so glad you like it. Oh well, thank you for making it because I'm 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 loving it. Such is my heart. Oh good. I'm glad I could do that. That doesn't happen yeah. very often. Usually I contact people and great. Thanks. Are we done yet? <laughs> but uh, I've I've taken up almost an hour of your night. Now I'm going to let you go. But um, oh, that time flew by. I, yeah. See, that's the great thing about this show. It it 
definitely flies by. It's uh, I enjoy doing the show. I hope the people I have on enjoy doing it. What is the best way for people What's to? The best way to. I mean, I'm on everything: Spotify, iTunes, RaquelBell.com is the best way because I have a mailing list. Getting on my mailing list is the best way because I'll have um, uh, shows or well, I don't always do that, but I, uh, I don't know. A- what do people on Facebook? Yeah, are you Instagram. On, are you on, yeah, are you on Instagram or Twitter or anything like that? Uh, I don't really tweet. Um, probably best. I should, but it, yeah, it's probably best. It would be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just say go to the website. From there, you can go on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Bandcamp, iTunes, Amazon. I try to be, you know, prolific in my web presence, even though I don't tweet. <laughs> so all all your uh, your information is on the website, and they, there'll be direct links. Yeah, com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Raquel. This has been a blast. Thank you. I appreciate your time, and I promise I will let you have your night now. All right. Have a beautiful Virginia night. Thank you. Have a, Enjoy L.A. I will. <laughs> Traffic's actually not that bad. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, it's a secret, so people don't move here. Oh, all right. Well, I won't say anything. This show will be my swan dollar. It'll take me 10 years to get it just right. (laughs) Well, it will be just right when you're done. It will. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.